Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. And we're coming to you on WLIW 88.3 FM, Long Island's only NPR station located in Southampton Village. And uh, we have a great guest today, Bonnie Cannon from the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center. I finally got good at saying it after enough time. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know from the last time we spoke with Bonnie, it's really important to heighten and highlight the recreational center and this, the word center. And I think that people see the word childhood and they think, that it, well, it's, it's, a, it's a place that's focused merely with, for kids, but it's really a center for the entire community. So true. And you mentioned the word community, and that's a good subject for us today. It's been a, a, a kind of crazy couple of weeks. So yeah, I know. We haven't done the show for a couple of weeks. How you been, Bridget? I, I, you know, <laughs> one of us threatened to leave the country if the election didn't go a certain way. I did not. I had that trick planned already. No, it was just a, well, I want to hear it from your point of view first as being on American soil and, or I mean, I was on American soil, Central American soil, but tell me your, um, tell me about your experience with community and the vote and everything. Well, since, since our last show, I, I actually, and I don't know if I'm a cockeyed optimist, but I, I was quite enthused at seeing the machinery of democracy actually work transparently. Um, I'm humbled by the, the hundreds, if not thousands of people who make sure that, uh, made sure in this last election cycle that the machinery has worked. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's easy to focus on the us versus them aspects of an election or of, of definitely the polarization of our, of our society, uh, which, which is real. But I, I kind of looked at the election and, and yeah, you know, my, my guy won, right? Like my, my view uh, got reaffirmed. Great. I've been on the other side as well. I was just really amazed to see how thorough and thoughtful and, and how when democracy actually does work in an election, it is kind of slow and exhilarating, um, at least it has for me. And it seems like it's about the little, like, I hate to say the little people, but it's like the, the ants that all work together are what make the empire. And that's, well, I think, well, democracy yeah. and community together in action. And we all have a, a voice in a national conversation. It may seem like a very small voice, but I think it, it, if you engage, I, I think it was the line that uh, uh, John Lewis said, which is that, uh, you know, uh, democracy is not a nation, it's an act. 
And uh, if you engage in the act, uh, then you actually, uh, your voice isn't small. It's, it's just, it's one of, of millions. And, and so that last couple of weeks, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been uh, watching the results. I've been watching uh, all of that stuff. And then on the other side, you have the realities of COVID and you have the realities of, of we're entering a cooler a period, we're entering a winter period where, um, you know, we all have to be extra vigilant. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I've been very sensitive to that. And, and I find it a little weird because on one level, I have this exhilaration and this, this of like, oh, I feel so great that like our, our country seems to be holding together. Uh, and then on the other side, it's like, yeah. And yet uh, perhaps uh, the way that I show that is by isolating. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. You isolate in order so that we can gather together later in the future. Yeah, and how about you, yeah. So you went to you went to Costa Rica. I went to Costa Rica. I had never been there before. I went down to Nassara. Um, and I knew I was going during rainy season. And it, it's funny, when when Eric and I moved to New Hampshire back in 2001, um, I just assumed that it was going to be like snowy weather, like 24-7. And when we got there, it started snowing in October. And I thought nothing of it because that's what I thought it was going to be like. But of course, that's not what it's usually like in New Hampshire, and it was it was a it was a freak year. And we got down to Costa Rica, and it was raining basically twenty four seven. And and apparently, these were like the because of Hurricane Eta, and other reasons, it was the worst rainy season they've had in a century. And all the bridges got washed out, including like, and I mean like a real bridge, like like the bridge from from Sag Harbor to to North to you know to North Haven, like that bridge, like that was gone. Like wow. the whole road collapsed, so we were, we were isolated, and but not necessarily intentionally. Like you've been isolating intentionally, but we got to really get to know this tiny community that we were in, both the locals, um, well, the locals, the visitors, and the the indigenous people who live there, the Ticos, and it was just such an incredible community and to kind of, I, I, not intentionally, we didn't like eat meat when we were down there, but not on purpose. And we didn't really watch a lot of news. We didn't, <laughs> we weren't really uh, afforded the the um, the luxuries that we're used to here. Um, so sometimes the internet kind of came and went, but it was all like, I get what Pura Vida, which is what they say in Costa Rica, I get what that means now, because it, it just was like, it just was. And yeah. I saw a lot of extremes um, in terms of, of, you know, socioeconomic situations where, uh, you know, people lived in, in tin shacks and had smiles on their faces. And then, you know, there were other people who lived on top of the hill and, you know, it just shows like from it, it, community takes a lot of different people and a lot of moving parts. And that's why I'm so glad we have we have Bonnie on with us today, because what I got to see in that there's a word in Quechua, um, which is like the Caro lineage of Peru, which is Aini. And Aini means community, but it really means give and take. It doesn't just mean a group of people. It means the you know, it means like like shopping local or or helping your neighbor, all those things that it's been it's not it's kind of been bred out of our dna a little bit as individual americans but also with covid it's just so hard to reach out to people or to accept so i got to see that in action and i'm not saying that they believe me i mean they shut the borders down in in costa rica i mean it's a country of 5 million and they've had like i mean i don't quote me but something like a thousand deaths 
um, and, and very limited. They also, by the way, and, and uh, I, I, this is maybe kind of going off the rails a little bit, but you know, they they had their um, their natural lands had had diminished much like the the, the Western modern world, uh, where you know the wild lands in Costa Rica had had really gone down to about thirty percent uh, as of about twenty years ago. And because they actually reinvested in sustainable living down there, they now are back up at fifty percent. And you talk about the hurricane, you talk about you know the, the greater issues that we all have with sustainability and with the, with the issues we have with kind of acknowledging and respecting uh, the world we live in uh, in big and small ways. I think uh, Costa Rica, to me, and I've never been, but it stands as, as a success when a government and a people decide to kind of respect the land that they live in. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, you know, not to be gross, you can't even flush toilet paper down the toilet there. You know, I mean, they 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 are very careful of their water. They have instead of deforestation they have reforested like you like you said Alec and it's a blue zone it's one of yeah. seven blue zones in the world which is where people routinely live to be over 100 and not all of Costa Rica just the Nicoya Peninsula where we were they are they're really going for like zero carbon footprint but it's all part of respect and community which is uh, we're going to bring on our guest Bonnie Cannon after a really short break um, and that is I mean there's no one in our community uh, you know that's a bit of a hyperbole but no one that I can think of right now with my Costa Rica brain who embodies the spirit of Aini better than Bonnie Cannon from the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center. So we're going to take a short break now. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolo. And we'll be right back after this. Serving Eastern Long Island and Coastal Connecticut, this is 88.3 WLIW-FM and WLIW.org slash radio in Southampton, New York. Long Island's only NPR station. Your source for news, music, and entertainment, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're back, Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And uh, we would like to welcome our guest, community community organizer extraordinaire, Bonnie Cannon. Wow, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Bonnie. Thank you for having me, thank you. Yeah, so, so how are you? Busy. Yeah. <laughs> how, has this, how has this chapter been for the center? Actually, um, it's been 
And we just did a newsletter and really it was uh, something, it was been an outpouring of love. Um, it's, you know, this, I'm not making light of that. It is trying times right now. We are in the midst of uh, a pandemic and a lot of people out there are in need and are hurting and, you know, there, there's, um, you know, people are dying and all of that. But I got to tell you that the community has really um given their outpouring of love to the center which allows us to be able to pour out our love to those that we service and we you know and that we give to so it's a lot of giving a lot lot of giving that i've never seen before and and do you think it's i mean you know bridget was just chatting about how she kind of went off the grid a little bit she didn't have some of the conveniences and distractions that maybe dominate all of our lives uh, in different ways. You think that this period, because the world basically ground to a halt and because uh, so many things that, that, whether good or bad, were kind of put aside, that people are kind of ha having a raised consciousness at this moment? Do you think that it, it has, um, that it, uh, what, what do you think is driving that, that, that emotion of giving? I think that basically, yeah, we've been forced to stop. And to and to sit back and to really um, look at our lives, look at the environment, to realize, you know, what really is important, um, where our priorities are. I mean, we we've, we've been forced to just to stop and to sit down and to reflect. And I think when people actually take the time to do that, they realize what's important, what's really important. And what's important is, you know, is, is your life. What's important is your family. What's important is your community. Um, and, you know, the little things that didn't really make a difference to us now, we see the importance of it, you know, like getting up in the morning and being able to put your feet on the floor and, and, and to see, you know, that, that means something now that really means something now, you know, being able to go outside and to breathe in the fresh air, that means something now looking upside out, you know, looking and being able to see your families and to be able to talk to them. Um, it, it all means something now, you know, so there's really the little things, they, they mean something now. It really does. And, and you know, just it's kind of like a double edged sword, because um, when I was down in, in Costa Rica, I was there visiting friends who basically moved down there unintentionally. They went down to lead a, you know, a, a three week retreat and they got married down there back in February. And then the borders closed and now they could have gotten back, but it would have taken months and months of, you know, because people needed to get back and they didn't need to. And as they stayed down there without their worldly possessions, they realized how little they needed. And I was only there for two weeks. And then like, look, at, I mean, you can see on my desk behind me, I've got lots of tchotchkes, like I like stuff. And I came home and I was saying this to Alec before you came on, Bonnie. It's like, I have these very strange energy cords suddenly I felt all these strings like like spider-man like all these things that I'm attached to that I just need to like jettison and, and I know that you deal with people really in a state of paucity often rather than abundance but abundance right. comes from inside yeah but in Mahatma Gandhi uh, who you know I think is a beacon of a certain uh, sense of this I think that when he was assassinated, you know, the only two possessions he had really were his sandals and his rice bowl, like that he did not live a life of, of the accumulation of things. And, and I think that all of 
the people I, I tend to look up to, uh, same thing with Martin Luther King on, in our country, you know, when, when he was assassinated, he, he, he had no uh, real assets. They, they had to create funds for his kids to go to school, you know, so that the call to duty, the call to service, yes. it's not a black or white thing, but like it, it's, it's not accumulating. It's like we only really have what we give away. That's right. And and basically what we're finding is that things that are, you know, that you can't, all of the material things are not that, they're not that important anymore. Things that, that are not tangible, such as, you know, having peace, having calmness, you know, having joy, you know, those things mean a lot more to people now. And I think it, it allowed us to to reflect on that, you know, that that elderly, you know, grandmother or family member that you re rarely ever talk to. Now, you know, now it, it means something. Now, you know, you're like, well, that I should make that an, a priority, you know, to talk to them now because they may not be here. You know, and so it really, it really opens up to everybody's eyes, and and every individual person has their own. I, I guess I call it cleansing that they need to do. You know, every every everyone has whatever they're dealing with inside. You're being forced to deal with it, and you're being forced to really cleanse and take this time to reflect. What I see and what I what I'm hopeful for is that on the other side of this, that we're going to have an even better country, even better individuals within this country that really understand, you know, the true meaning of love, you know, and what it, what it, what it means, what it means and what's important. Right. Which and, means a, and, a better world. Right. I was going to say, and how would you define love? Because there's, there's a great, uh, as you're saying it, uh, there's, there's a, a little story or parable that came, came to my mind of, of a father uh, fishing with his uh, child and uh, the child catches a fish and then they're, they're grilling up and cooking the fish and the, and the child says, I love this fish. And the father says, well, if you really love the fish, then why'd you kill it and cook it and now you're eating it? If you, if you really loved it, why didn't you let it just be a fish? You know, and so how would you define love in that, that way? That like parental abuse, by the way, but go ahead, sorry. I, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go, go ahead, Bonnie. Well, you know, well, anybody that knows me knows I'm a spiritual person. So for me, you know, um, you know, Christ is the symbol of love. And, you know, he gave the, the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life. So for me, love is is pretty much giving, being selfless and giving of yourself. Um, and, you know, being there for others, um, it's being a servant, you know, so that, that equates a lot with, with, with love. It's not, not about what I get, it's about what I give. Mm. That's beautiful. And I understand, as speaking of giving, that um, I, I wonder if it's still coming into this week of Thanksgiving, if you're still having the same numbers at your food pantry because i know we talked about this before you went from something like 75 individuals or 75 families a to, month to, to 600 a week yeah 600 a week let's, let's just let's just say that again so it doesn't get lost uh the bridgehampton center was was servicing about 75 families a month in the food pantry which is uh you know donation based uh to 600 a week yeah Wow, six hundred a week, and and you know, not for nothing, but not only us, but there are other you know other food pantries that are out there. They're doing the same thing. I mean, I know Hilton, 
Hilton Crosby for Heart of the Hamptons. I think they're doing like 1,100 families um, or 11, they may be doing 100, 1,100 families, um, you know, a week. So, so the need is out there. I mean, people are not just coming to the pantries to be coming. They're coming because they're, they're in need. You know, it's, it's our responsibility to, to give, you know, especially if we have, then, then we, we should be, we should be giving to those families and we should be, um, you know, doing all that we can do to help whoever is in need of help. And it's just not food people, you know, they're struggling, um, with jobs. I mean, if you looked at the jobless reports, you know, the unemployment rate, uh, things are growing. Um, there is no, the stimulus package is, is still questionable whether or not that's coming out or, and then some people didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, so there's a lot of people that are in need, but what is great about this time is that there are a lot of people that have, that can help those that are in need. So, you know, there's a solution. There's a solution to this. And this is uh, people being selfless and making themselves available and to help to serve, to give, and to love. Well, I, I think that's another uh, place for a, a, a short break. But when we come back, I would really like to dive into that. And also, you know, and, and Alec and I were talking about this again, you know, it, it, child, people see, see the word Bridgehampton Child Center and of, child care. And of course, it's child care. And that's, that's a, an ex, you know, that is what we all know now, the history of how this place was formed was based on that. But it is so much more than a place where you can drop off your kids or, or get food if you're needy. You're now teaching people speaking of fish, how to fish. Yes. And I would love to talk a little bit about these adult programs that you have that are installing hope in people and it's such a hopeless time. For anybody that listens, hopefully it, uh, it reminds them if they need to be reminded that uh, where, where their priorities should be. Yeah. We'll be right yeah. back on WLIW 88.3 FM, Long Island's only NPR station. I'm Meg Noonan, inviting you to join me on 88.3 WLIW-FM for Freeform Radio at its new time every Sunday night from 9 to 11. You'll hear a lively mix of rock in all its glorious subgenres, plus a heavy dose of soul, R&B, and more. So tune into Freeform Radio, where variety reigns supreme, Sundays at 9 p.m. on 88.3 WLIW-FM and WLIW.org slash radio, Long Island's only NPR station. Backseat driver from America. They drive to the left on Falls Road. And the man at the wheels named Seamus. They pass a child on the corner, he knows. And Seamus says, No, what chances that kid got? And I say, From the back, I don't know. He says there's barbed wire at all of these exits And there ain't no place in Belfast for that kid to go It's a hard life, it's a hard life It's a very hard life It's a hard life wherever you go And if we poison our children with hatred Then the hard life is all the We're back, 
Sundays on the East End, Bridget Leroy. Alex Sokolow. And Bonnie Cannon from the Bridge yes. Child Care and Recreational Center. But before, before we get into this next chapter, I just, I have a basic, uh, you know, how, how, where do, when it's a food pantry, um, where do people give food into the food pantry? Is it at the supermarkets? Where, where can they do that? Well, um, I can only speak for our our food pantry. Um, I don't know how the others do it, but um, of course they can make donations um, to our food pantry and they can stop by. Uh, we're usually there on Tuesday through Friday. Today on Monday, the food pantry is actually um, closed, but on Tuesday through, through Friday is when we can accept food. We ask that uh, the food not be expired and that it be, you know, and so, and that it's not opened or things like that. So we can um, accept that. The other thing is just getting ready for the holidays. We are, um, we, we don't call it Thanksgiving, we call it a thankful celebration. So um, we're having a thankful celebration. We usually do that every week. And we and so we have a, um, I mean, every, every year, and we had the families come together and have dinner, but because of the pandemic, we're not doing that this year. So we do have a food drive that's going on right now. Um, we're asking that anyone that has items to bring items down on November the 21st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And um, what the show will already have been air the show is airing on the 22nd. I think. Okay. They, so basically they can bring it on the 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and for anybody that doesn't know, this is, this is on the, uh, the, the turnpike between Bridgehampton and Sag Harbor. Right. 551 Bridgehampton, Sag Harbor turnpike. So they can bring it, bring it on the, the 22nd. They can bring it on the 23rd. It will be distributed on the 24th. Um, and we'll be doing a, a drive by, a I, drive I love, through thankful celebration. Love and I love the the morphing it into a thankful celebration. I, I feel like uh, you know we could we could look at the word Thanksgiving. We can look at the history of Thanksgiving. We can look at all of those things and, and have opinions uh, that may or may not uh, be other people's opinions. But but to to make it a thankful celebration. Yes, it fills it down to uh, its its element, you know. And it and it's going to be a thankful celebration. It's going to be a drive-through where the cars come; they'll be coming, and the kids will be there to uh, say something to their parents, and then they'll be given a, a what we call a thankful basket. And then our teens, we have um, when um, Bridget was talking about other things, we actually have the dream teens that yeah. are at the center, and they are actually doing a holiday toy box drive. And they're assembling boxes that can be delivered to the center. We're asking people to assemble shoe boxes that can be delivered to the center um, anywhere from now until December the 14th. Um, we also take monetary donations. And what you do is you take a shoe box and you just a standard woman's or men's shoe box and you decide whether you're packing for a girl or a boy. You decorate the girl box with green accessories and the boy box with red accessories. And you just include like one small to medium wow item, um, a personal item, which is a comb, toothbrush, a water, crafting, which could be colored pencils, crayons, or markers, or any type of toy like a slinky or action figure, a Barbie doll and finger puppet. And then you just take each box and you put a little personal note and um, we'll be uh, collecting those boxes and then giving it out to, to the children in need. 
and I want to just say, uh, because I certainly remember this from the last show, if people need to look online to get more information on this, they go to bhccrc.org. Correct. bhccrc.org. Um, it'll be on our Facebook page and also it'll be on our Instagram page, the Bridge Hampton Center. Yeah. So I got all my plugs in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you said Dream Team. Let's talk about that initiative. Uh, how did the Dream Team start and, and what is the, uh, you know, what is its, uh, its mission statement? The Dream Team, actually, it's, it was our teens uh, that we have that are in the community, and they actually came up with their own name um, and their own logo. And um, the Dream stands for, I believe, Dedication, Rediscovery, Education, Achievement, and Motivation. Wow. And that's what dream, that's what the dream. And they came up with this themselves. We actually had a a retreat where all of the teens were there, and that was maybe about a couple of years couple of years ago. We went away to strategize as far as what their year was going to be and what the name was going to be. And they actually, I was amazed. They came up with this name. They came up with their own logo, and um, and they meet like twice twice a month they have a team coordinator uh jenna solis who was our team coordinator that meets with them and um this is something that they wanted to do for the for the holidays and they wanted to give back and that's that's what i'm talking about as far as you, you see the love out the uh, outpouring of love i mean our kids are now giving back you know it's not they're learning that it's not all about what you get but it's what you give and so um, this is something that they wanted to do. That's so incredibly profound. And and it also, you know, we, we haven't really focused on the, the child care part because we have talked about that before in the past. And now we're on to the teens. But, you know, I want to talk about a little bit or I would like to hear you talk about this initiative you have now for the adults, which you had just started in October when we last spoke. It has something to do with fish. I know that there's fish in right. it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm very excited about this initiative. And as you said, Bridget, you, everyone knows us as the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center, but we are now in the process of transitioning our branding. And we're known, if if you see any of our new stuff now, we're known as the, as the center. Because even years back, Years back um, before I was there, anybody and everybody could tell you that they're going to the center. So now we're now branded as the center now, because as you said um, earlier, we are um, a lot more than just uh, child care and recreational center. We service the community. And so there was a piece that was missing. Um, and the piece that was missing that I saw was dealing with our young adults, our young adults who might not have gone off to college um, because that just wasn't a choice for them for whatever reasons. Um, our young adults who basically were working a regular, you know, nine to five job, um, making like $13 or $14 an hour and, uh, or, 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 or were whatever. They, were they editors? No, I'm kidding. Huh? <laughs> what did you say? Editors and screenwriters? I'm you know, I, I don't, you know, but I'm just saying they, they really, you know, those that were out there that they're, when I say, when I say they're working 13 or $14 an hour, the reason why I say that is because they're working, People are working around the clock just to meet the needs, just to be able to live out here, just to be able to pay rent. And they're working around the clock. And I said, there has to be an alternative. And so we came up with this alternative called Teach Me How to Fish. 
workforce training. And the Teach Me How to Fish workforce training program is looking at specific industry tracks whereby they are an alternative to college, they are actually careers, and there are careers that have entry-level entry level, um, positions whereby people can um, make more money, you know, the, to decrease the uh, equity the equity gap and be able to, su to survive and have a career and to move up in the world. So we've started out with this pilot and we started with a STEM track and STEM is for your science, technology, engineering, and math because they're saying forecasted for the future that this is where all of the, the jobs are going to be. So we've actually um, partnered with We Connect the Dots and we have um, um, opened up a software engineering boot camp that I actually have uh, four individuals going through that right now. Our other industry track that we're looking at is the real estate industry track because the other thing, if anybody knows the mission, the mission of the, the Bridgehampton Child Care and Af Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center is that we are a historically African-American organization who serves the marginalized Eastern children and families. So in all of that, you have culture, you have um, ethnicities, you have different races and things of that sort. And basically what we wanted to do is to also look at the industry tracks. In real estate right now, you can count the number of people of color that are realtors that are out here in the Hamptons and out here in this area. Bonnie so, White. I got one, Ronnie White. Ronnie <laughs> exactly. And and he's one he's one he's one of the handful that you can that you can talk about. But why is that? And the thing is that real estate is one of the main industries out that are, that's out here in the Hamptons. You know, um, it's not e an easy industry, but it is an industry that's out here in the Hamptons. And so we wanted to um, increase and the diversity in real estate as well to make realtors to get more people out there that that you know look like you know black and brown people that are out there selling you know selling real estate or learning about real estate or learning to invest in real estate all of that so i'm working right now with um mike daly and um, we're creating that industry track for the real estate track. And I have at least about 10 individuals that want to go through that industry track. But the point is that we're gonna be adding industry tracks as we go that are going to create opportunities for um, for individuals that would have, that need the non-traditional um, experience, the non-traditional experience that need alternatives. So we're going to be looking at entrepreneurial, we're going to be looking at the trades, um, finance, health, we're going to be looking at all of that. And individuals that go through these tracks, the goal is that when they get out of them, they finish the program, that we will partner with other corporations, businesses, so that they will, so that we're not coming to them saying, um, listen, we want you to, you know, just uh, take anybody. These are going to be trained, qualified people. And so they will automatically be able to get, you know, get a better paying job or start their a, a, a business of their own and be able to do some of the things that are needed to sustain yourself in the area that we're in now, to be able to buy a home, you know, to be able to, you know, see the reality of that dream of home ownership or or you know or investing or life insurance you know we're gonna and, and those are things that people you know nobody's looking at getting an education you know just because you may not have gone to college you can um 
become one of the, you know, going in these industries, come out, have a position, and who knows, the corporation may actually be offering education opportunities so you can go off and get that degree. Right. So it's really thinking outside of the box yeah, and, and to help, you know, those individuals. And this thing, as I said to you, Bridget, really, it's not even a, it's not really even a color thing because it's like a class, it's more or less like a class thing. So we're trying to uplift. And if we can uplift those individuals, then overall we're uplifting the entire community and it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, it, it just makes sense to me. And we have so many CEOs, CFOs, we have so many, you know, wealthy individuals that are heading up these corporations that, you know, own these corporations. You know, if they if they can't, you know, make it make a uh, opportunity for these individuals, then, then then who can? And I'm just saying, you know, don't just give us, you know, yeah, the money's fine. And I, I will take your donations day after day. But I'm saying if you have if you have the skills, if you have the know-how, teach someone else how to fish. Teach them what it is that you know that has gotten you to where you've gotten. And that's what the program is all about, is teaching me how to fish. Oh, that's that's amazing. And you know, I, I was gonna say that there is so much, there's so much that you just gave. I think that you know, America almost from the beginning of the American experiment experience has really been a kind of uh, a battle between the haves and the have-nots. And, you know, it, it takes on many different forms, but it's, it's uh, I think it can be distilled down to that in a lot of ways. And it sounds like this program is saying to the haves, be part of a solution. We're not taking anything from you. We're asking you to participate. And then hopefully, uh, as the waters rise, all the ships rise as well. Exactly. That's it. That's it. That 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 is exactly it. Just just you know, giving your time, giving your opportunity to talk and to basically teach someone what you know. You know, teach someone what you know. One of the things because you'd be surprised, and I said this before when just with our kids and with everyone, we're kind of sheltered. You know, I've I've I was born and raised out here in the Hamptons, but we're kind of sheltered out here because a lot of our kids, a lot of our young adults. They don't go past Riverhead, so they know they know nothing. You know, they know they have no idea what's available to them. I have young adults right now. You can tell me I have a a, a program uh, that I do where it's like st straight with no straight with no chaser. It's it's <laughs> called the it's called the School of Hard Knots. Straight with no chaser. That's another program that we have at the center. It's a one on one program that individuals do directly with me, and they they uh, meet with me. They sit down with me. We talk about budgeting, financing. We talk about where they're going. Each one of my students that are in that program, which are some of them are like in their twenties, twenty fives, twenty six, whatever. Each one of them, I'm asking them, what is it that you want? A lot of them want to own homes, but they don't know how. They don't know what they need to do. So each one of them, there's a program called NACA. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's NACA.com. And um, it's a, a program whereby you can, um, they will help you with your uh, getting your credit straight. It's a uh, no no um, down payment, no uh, closing costs. Uh, the loans are like 2 percent. It's a nationwide program. I've told each one of those those couples. Some of them are couples. I said enroll in NACA.com. Yeah. It's a free program. Why not? So these are the things that we talk about so that they learn that you know home ownership can be done. You know, if you budget and, and correctly and save your money, you can buy a home. 
you know, maybe you want to forego getting that brand new car and, you know, doing, getting a home. I mean, so we work with them to help them. Life insurance, investing, all of those types of things. We talk about that. So um, we are, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Bonnie Cannon from the center, formerly known as the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center. I mean, it just sounds like a one-stop shop, basically, because you've got food pantry, you've got child care, and now we're talking about uh, workmen, you know, work workplace, like uh, training people for the workplace, financial services. You know what we haven't talked about, and you just mentioned about growing up out here, is the arts. And I know that your background, your father was yeah. like a world famous musician, <laughs> King Charles, right? Yeah, out here, he was known, King Charles was known out here. He was, he's a, a saxophone player. Um, he played with, so, I mean, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that are out here, they, they know of him. I mean, uh, like, uh, Kane, I think Kenny, the Kenny Harris, uh, district, Hi, a lot of those guys, um, you know, Bosco, all of them, they knew my dad, you know, so, um, they, they all know them, but yeah, arts is, um, I, I love music. I love everything there is about music and I love the arts. And that's the other thing that we do at the center. We try to supplement. We don't try to replace because I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. So I tell, you know, I tell the schools and things of that sort that, um, you know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to replace, we're just trying to supplement. So I know that the schools are very heavy in the sports. So we try to supplement and actually, you know, add art. So we have partnerships with the Watermill Center, with the Parish Art Museum, with the Gill Hall. You know, we have partnerships where our kids actually are doing programs with these with these uh, different organizations. And then we actually have um, artists that come in and work with our kids as well. And then from the music end, we um, give instruction for the for uh, piano. Um, we actually used to give instruction. It was hard for me to find a, a consistent uh, piano instructor, but we have like 12 keyboards that are there. We were teaching the kids um, how to play um, the piano and, um, you know, things of that sort. So we're heavy into appreciation of arts. They, the kids actually just went to Tripoli Gallery on uh, last week and they did a, a tour over there. Um, so that we're, we're heavy into the arts. And then the other thing, because it's really, you're talking about education, you're talking about wealth, we're talking about, you know, the, the um, home ownership, but then there's a health initiative also. That's something that we do. We had the uh, mobile van um, from Suffolk County that was on our location that did the antibody testing there. Um, we've had the um, Alzheimer's, our association to come out to talk about Alzheimer's. We've had Dr. Candace coming to do um, cholesterol testing and, and things of that sort. Um, I just did a panel last, last, last week on sickle cell and um, what, you know, how does that matter, sickle cell disease. And these are all issues when we talk about health and then we talk about nutrition. We have um, Mr. Doug, who's there, who's our chef, and he is our director of culinary arts and gardening. He comes to you twice a month to tell you about um, nutrition and healthy nutrition because in our community, a lot of times we don't eat healthy. And it's not because we don't want to, we just don't know. So he's introducing different things to us, showing us how to take that kale and make kale chips, you know, showing us uh, dates and the nutrition abound dates. I think he's going to do something uh, coming up this month talking about rice and how when we bo boil it, we take the arsenic out of it and how that's, a I mean, so we're teaching 
and we're making people aware. So it's, it is, it's very well-rounded, very well-rounded so that you can get, as someone said, uh, I think Al said, one-stop, one-stop shopping so that we're well-rounded and that's what we want to do at the center. And so how can people who have not been to the center get involved? How can people uh, who might be inspired by what you're saying about these initiatives, uh, you know, uh, uh, as my grandmother used to say, put their tushy on the tissue, meaning put their ass on the table. How can they do that, you know? Well, they, they, of course, you know, the first thing I'm, I'm going to say to you is that you can always go to our website, uh, www.bhccrc.org, and um, you can always um, support us um, monetarily um, to help us to be able to um, sustain our programs and to um, be able to offer new programs. But you can also stop by and, you know, if you have a skill, um, I'll be glad to sit down with you and uh, stop by and I'll give you a tour and we can talk and see how we can uh, you include you into our program. We're always looking for people to to stop by to do that. And the other thing that I'd, I'd be remiss to, to mention is that all, also in the midst of this pandemic, did I tell you guys that we're building a new building? <laughs> I think um, we talked about that the last time you were on. <laughs> What's so nice? That's what when I said I was busy, I wasn't kidding. I'm really, we're really busy. We actually, and, and that, that's like, it blows my mind. In the midst of the pandemic, we actually had a groundbreaking and we tore down our administration building. And if you go by, you'll see piles of dirt there. We're actually building a brand new building that is going to be awesome. When I tell you that when the community sees this building and what it has in it, not only for our kids, but for the community, they are going to be astounded. And these things we do, like I said, it's not for us, it's for the community. So we're making it available. I, um, I just want to take one last break, but I want to just point out that, of course, no building is strong without a strong foundation. And Bonnie, <laughs> I get emotional. You are such a foundation of this community and we are so blessed to have you well uh, i think i thank you for that but I, I gotta tell you it's it's the people that work with me I, you know i have a wonderful team of folks that work with me that well, make it happen we're gonna take another break and then be back to wrap it up you're listening to sundays on the east end this is bridget Leroy. and alex Sokolow. we're talking with bonnie cannon and we'll be right back after this hi this is alec baldwin and you're listening to 88.3 WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station.
We're back. Sunday's on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy. And we're uh, we're coming to you on WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station. You can also stream us online at WLIWFM.org. And we're talking with Bonnie Cannon from the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center being redubbed as the center. This has been just such a, a nourishing spiritual talk. Uh, if I can just say that uh, you nourish the community through so many of your actions, whether it's nourishing their bellies, nourishing their minds, nourishing their spirit, the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center right there on the Bridgehampton Turnpike. Uh, like you say, don't just drive by, stop by. And, and, and I, would, I would say uh, just in, in, in hearing this conversation, hopefully everybody has, has been enjoying it. it. It's amazing at how if you do stop by, if you do reach out, uh, how much you get back. And, and you know, what, there's a lot of people out here, uh, like uh, the rest of the country and the world, really, uh, that are isolating, that are, are kind of keeping their social distance, that are trying to kind of not necessarily interact uh, more than they have to, but, but community depends on and relies on making that step, breaking down that invisible wall you have in your mind, reaching out, and then, and then, uh, uh, being part of a much bigger uh, conversation, um, which um, I, I certainly hope uh, as we push into a thankful celebration this year on the last Thursday of, of November, uh, that uh, people are, are motivated to, to participate. Bonnie, any last words? I mean, what, what, how do you, where do you get your strength? How do you keep going with all of this? Um, every morning when I get up, I read, I read my scriptures. I pray. I purposely don't allow negativity to come into my life. I try to stay positive and I try to make sure that I'm loving, that I'm, that I'm being selfless, that, um, that I'm, that I'm loving, you know, I'm human, so I'm not perfect, but, um, I, I, I try my, I try my hardest, you know, to do the right thing. And that's where my heart is. My heart is with the people. My heart is with the community. And um, and I want to thank the community because as you pour into us, we're able to pour out. And um, that's what it's about. It's about loving. It's, it's about love. We got to get back to loving each other. And we got to give it back to love. And that that's that's how you know, let's love. That's, 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 that's my last word. It's, you know, really, let's love. It's, it's time out for the other stuff. Let's, let's love. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you so much for joining us today. If anyone wants more information, they can visit bhccrc.org or stop by on the Bridgehampton Turnpike to see the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center and talk to Bonnie about anything you have to offer from food to money to talent to support, to love. Um, and Alec, did, did. did yeah. you have any last, last thoughts? Not, you know, there's not too much uh, more to say than that, that you know, we've been in a very divisive time, but let's, let's focus on the things that actually unify us, bring us together. We are all on the same boat, rowing in the same direction. And uh, I would just say everybody, um, you know, have, a, have a, a, a joyful and appreciative uh, day of thanks, uh, but hopefully every day 
you can uh, show your thanks by loving. Uh, so everybody uh, be well and stay well. <laughs>